tribal trails, tribal trails. The Son of God, He's near. He chose to walk with us. These tribal trails. Welcome to Tribal Trails. We are here at the Sudbury First Nations Church. And uh, we're very thankful that we have the pastor here with us, Pastor Kevin Moore and his wife, Norma. Thank you for visiting with us and sharing what God has done in your life. And uh, Kevin, um, I've heard a little bit about your childhood, mm. but uh, I'd like to hear a little bit more. We're, we're both from Moosonee, Ontario, okay. at the southern tip of James Bay, mm. northeastern Ontario. Grew up attending the Anglican Church and very thankful for that. My parents uh, made us kids go, go to church mm -hmm. and what that did for me, it, it helped me to know that, that there was a God. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgments, his commandments always. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Um, I was an altar boy in the Anglican Church, and uh, but I don't, I didn't, I didn't really know, I didn't know Jesus back then, and uh, I didn't come till later in life. But very thankful for uh, for my parents for for making us kids go to church and. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> uh, my my dad uh, he did drink quite a bit, and uh, I always told myself that I wasn't going to do that kind of stuff. I wasn't wasn't going to do that to my family when I got older. Uh, seeing a lot of the damage that alcohol was doing in people's Lives, other kids' lives, uh, my cousins and my friends, you know, there's always a lot, of, a lot of that stuff going on. So didn't, didn't want to put my family through that. Norma was uh, the sister of one of my friends back then, and I just thought she was pretty. And <laughs> she is her. pretty, yes. She is. Yeah, so, and so through her brother, I asked if she maybe she might be interested in going out with me and and here we are right away into our marriage like I, I was already drinking you know and yeah spending uh, a lot of time away from my family from my wife and kids and uh, were you working I was working yeah off and on and be working off and on and sometimes I would, I'd miss work because of the drinking because yeah so it, it was Got, it was getting pretty bad, and uh, basically, I guess, when I was uh, 29 years old, I was uh, pretty much at the end of my rope. Like, I was getting tired of the drinking, and but I couldn't stop, and I wanted to stop, and I knew the damage, the harm that I was doing to my family. And um, but I was power, powerless to stop. And 
when our kids were growing up, the two older ones, Miranda and Megan, Norma used to send them to uh, the Awana programs and, and the Sunday school programs at one of the churches, the Fellowship Chapel, Tozer's Church, we called it back then. Percy uh, Tozer, he was a missionary that moved to Moosney in the early 60s and he started a, a, a great work there. And, and uh, <clears throat> very thankful for that. And um, one Sunday, the, uh, the girls came home in between, like they had a Sunday school service at 10 o'clock and then they had another service at 11 and they brought the, the kids home uh, before the 11 o'clock service. And then uh, I guess the Sunday school teacher, Sue Clark, which is Percy Tozer's daughter, she, um, she had a contest for the, for the kids. She said, whoever brings their parents back to the 11 o'clock service will win a Bible. And uh, so our, our, they, they, the girls came home and they wouldn't give up on us. They were, Mom, Dad, you gotta, you gotta come to church. You gotta come to church. We can win a Bible. And, uh, and we kind of hemmed and hawed. You know, we talked about it and eventually we gave in and went. And, and while I was there, I, I just, really liked what I experienced there. Kind of, I knew that mm -hmm. that was what I was looking for, what I wanted. And uh, that Sunday, uh, we, okay, the service was over, we went home. And, but I wanted to go back to the, they had an evening service back then and I wanted to go to that service, but, uh, but I didn't want to be the one to say, let's go to church tonight. And seven o'clock rolled around and, and nobody Nobody budged, nobody said anything about going to church, and that's when I, I blew up and I got mad at everybody, you know. <laughs> I was even <laughs> cursing. And, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, a few days later after that, a friend of mine who was attending that church had invited me to his place and to talk to me about some spiritual things. And I don't really remember what we talked about that night. I was on a Tuesday night. All I remember after leaving his place was that uh, he said, um, what makes you think you're not a Christian? So I went home that night and talked about it with Norma and together we uh, committed our lives to serving, oh. serving the Lord, serving Jesus. And I say committed because um, I called on Jesus to save me from my sins when I was a young boy in elementary school there was this one night during the summer i think i might have been in grade seven or eight when my parents were out playing baseball and my sisters were out somewhere i was home alone and there was a billy graham crusade on tv and i stayed home and i watched that that crusade and uh, and uh, when billy graham gave the altar call at the end and you know how he says this the prayer, praise with the people. I know I knelt down in front of the TV and I asked mm -hmm. Jesus to come into my heart, told him I was sorry for my sins. And, and, but that wasn't the only time I did that. There was different times in my life, even through my teenage years, I had uh, some, of the, some of my friends who had become uh, followers of Jesus. You know, they, they witnessed to me and Norma has some uncles that have witnessed to us too, you know, so there's, the Lord used a lot of things to, uh, to get me to, to, to follow him eventually. But, uh, yeah, but uh, it wasn't until I was like uh, 29 years old when I was uh, 
ready to surrender my life to him and, and serve him, to live for him. What does it mean to surrender to Christ? Maybe you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, but you've never surrendered everything to him. I would like you to listen to Pastor Falls as he reads about the situation that happened to Jesus. Hello, my name's Emerson Falls. I'm a pastor and work with Native people in Oklahoma. And I want to share with you today uh, about two people in Scripture. And you will, what, you will relate to one of these two people. It's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. And I'm going to read beginning at verse 36. And it said, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus was at the table of the Pharisees, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to him saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she's a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owned 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, which one of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave more. And he said to him, You've rightly judged. Then he turned to this woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, but you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. You know, we see two people represented here. First is the religious Pharisee. He was a, he was by people's standard, he would, he would, he was a religious man. Uh, people looked up to him. Uh, he was a leader in what we would, what we would consider today the church and, and uh, well esteemed, well thought of. And, and, but, but you see, he was also self-righteous. He believed that because he was a good person that that somehow made him right. And you know, there's a lot of people today that believe that it's all about being good, trying to be good. And the thing that we need to understand is the Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. The reality is we are all sinners. And sometimes we may think it's because we're good that we're going to heaven, but the reality is it's because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And the grace of Jesus Christ is demonstrated not by that religious person, but by this sinner. The second person was a woman. And, and, and she was, her reputation was well known according to scripture. Everyone knew that she was a sinner. It doesn't say it, but probably she was a, a woman of ill repute, maybe a prostitute, whatever. Uh, probably not the, not the kind of person that, that good religious people tend to want to associate with. But she went to Simon's house, and the Bible says that when she came in, she did something. She wiped the feet of Jesus with her tears, uh, and she washed his feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, and anointed his feet with, with, with fragrant oil. Now, what that is, that's an act of worship. Because what, what Simon should have done, because of who Jesus was, is he should have 
washed his feet when he came or had someone wash his feet. And uh, then he would have kissed him and he would have had his head anointed with oil. Simon didn't do all of that. Uh, but this woman did. It was an act of worship. Now, here's what happened. When she did this, the Pharisees and the religious people were appalled saying, you know, how does this, how does this prophet Jesus, how, why would he let a sinner uh, in, touch, touch him, much less into the house? And so they were condemning the sinner and they were condemning Jesus because he let a sinner touch him. But Jesus told the story of two people who owed different amounts, but both were forgiven. And, and to help them understand that sometimes when, when we're good, we forget that we're really sinners. And that, that, that we're really not going to get to heaven because we're good. We're going to get to heaven because of the grace. And so what Jesus showed to this woman was grace and showed mercy. And forgave her and accepted her as a child of his. Doesn't matter how bad your past is. It doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. When you turn to Jesus Christ, you become a new creation. I heard the story one time of a lady and she went to a Christian lady and was telling her about her life. And uh, this, this lady was a sinner. She was a prostitute. But to make matters worse, she did something that, that, that just abhors us. She had a young daughter and she sold her daughter to men for their pleasure. And when the lady asked her why she would do that, she said because she could make more money selling her daughter than she could selling herself. And then she was so ashamed and so embarrassed and so sad, but she didn't know what she could do. And she wanted to change her life, but she knew she was so bad. And, and, and she was sick of the way that she was living. So her Christian friend said, well, why don't, why don't you go to church? Why don't you talk to a pastor? And the woman said, why would I go to church? I feel bad enough already. You see, she thought if she went to church that she would just find more condemnation. And many people think that's who we are as Christians, that we're self-righteous and that we condemn people. The reality is we're just sinners. And, and, and we're telling sinners how to find forgiveness and how to find new life. Someone said it this way, we're, I'm just a beggar telling other beggars how to find bread. What happens is, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter how bad we are. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past. When we come to Jesus Christ, he will, because he, that's why he came and died. He will forgive us, but more importantly, he will give us a new life and help us to begin to walk in a way that we've never had before. So here's what I would say to you today. If you're struggling and you're hurting and you're tired of living the way that, that, that you've been living, let me tell you something. You need to find a church where the people are loving and accepting and you need to go there and talk to them because they will point you to Jesus Christ. In fact, you could do that right now. You can pray right now and I challenge you to, 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 to ask Christ into your heart and life and then go tell somebody the decision you made and they will help you. I hope if you're in that situation that you will turn to Christ and find new life. And lastly, I hope that if you are a child of God that you'll always be open and accepting to those who maybe have fallen and those who are not living according to what we think they ought to live. And I hope that your church will always be a place where sinners are welcome. I thank you. To the river I am going Bringing sins I cannot bear Come and cleanse me Come forgive 
change in a big way. I mean, wasn't, it wasn't like I all of a sudden became this perfect person. Uh, the drinking and the smoking, that stuff uh, pretty much disappeared right away at a few setbacks, but, but uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that stuff disappeared. But then there was other things that uh, I, I struggle with, you know, like uh, that are, like sometimes my temper would, would, would get the best of me and I'd have these outbursts of anger and then I'd get so down and discouraged, you know, those kinds of things when you, when you, when you sin, you know, when you, yeah. when you mess up, that's, those, those things can be discouraging. But, but uh, different people, you know, God bringing different people into my life to help me with that kind of stuff. And, and reading his word too, of course, you know, like learning about his grace and mercy, you know, we're saved by grace and, and his grace all the way through, right? Mm -hmm. 
Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So did you hear about the, the Lord when you were young? I think I must have been probably around grade three or something like that. I used to, um, um, I had this friend, her dad was the pastor of the Baptist Church in Moose City. Okay. And uh, her name was Heather, Heather Spinlow. And uh, they used to um, take me um, with them when they used to go on vacations. Oh. And um, so this, like, I've, I've been to their house quite a bit, like, you know, going over to see, to, to see them and hang around with um, Heather and that. And, and I've seen a difference in their oh, home. Okay. And uh, I just um, wanted, I wanted that, you know, I wanted that, uh, what, a, what it was, like, you know, um, the difference I wanted. Um, and uh, anyways, this one summer we were at her grandmother's in Peterborough, yeah. or outside Peterborough, whatever, we were out uh, there and um, we were getting ready for bed and she asked me if I wanted to ask Jesus to come into my heart. And um, I knew that, that that was the difference. I, I don't know how, but I knew that that's what it was. I guess probably because of when I was at their house, they prayed and, and stuff like that, and they attended church, right? So um, I said yes, and uh, so she led me in, uh, in a prayer. Then we went to sleep, and the next morning she, when we got up, she, uh, we went downstairs uh, to have breakfast there, and she right away she told told her family that Norma accepted Jesus as her savior mm. that night. You know, and of course I I didn't live for the Lord, and um, but um, also as young uh, young kids, we went to Sunday school as well. We went to the same like church, the the uh, fellowship chapel there, um, and. Uh, I come from like a big family, like a, there's eight eight siblings, right? Mm -hmm. And so this one time we were kind of we were outside, and my brother, one of my brothers, was uh, curious about this this van that going around and picking up kids, right? Mm -hmm. And so he says, uh, "Hey," he says, "I'm gonna ask if we could come too." <laughs> <laughs> and of course we were like, you know, yeah. okay, okay, you know, <laughs> so. Uh, so anyways, uh, he waves down this van there, and uh, it was actually Mr. Tozer, and um, he says, hey, can we come too? <laughs> and uh, we were, he says, okay, he says, you have to go ask your uh, parents, he said, and he says, I'll come back around. <laughs> and so oh. off he went there, and we went running home to ask our parents if we can go in that van. And so, like, from there, like, you know, we, we went to Sunday school, and the uh, same Sunday school that our girls went to. And so um, we, we would go pretty much every Sunday, I think, yeah. and uh, until we reached our teenage years and then we didn't want to go anymore, right? But we went to uh, like, you know, youth groups and stuff like that, whatever, and uh, we heard, the, heard the, um, the gospel being preached, uh, being told stories of the Bible and mm -hmm. learning scripture and stuff like that, so yeah. But did it make a change in your life? Not then. I mean, I was learning, right? I, I, I learned that there is a God, and, and I learned that what Jesus did. And My change didn't come to until that time when, 
when we uh, committed our lives to the Lord, that's when the change happened. Um, and uh, right away, we, um, we, it was kind of funny. I think one time we were having supper, so we were like, so what do we do now? <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> we had to, you know, we, we should start praying. <laughs> you know, just like learning all these, or trying to, trying to do all these things. We take, yeah, so we continued like taking our kids to uh, church and going to all, like all the services and stuff like that. And um, hearing, hearing the word of God and reading his word and, um, yeah, I think that's when change started to happen. Um, uh, I noticed like, a, I guess a peace, a peace that kind of, kind of came into our lives and, um, and then slowly we, um, we start to, you know, trust each other and, and, uh, just, just different things changed. I guess we heard uh, the gospel preach, you know, on the radio, those kinds of things, and our friends witnessing to us. And so we always yeah. knew that there was something missing yet in our lives. Yeah. And these people that were explaining these things to us, mm -hmm. they, we, they had the answer. We could see the we difference see in that. them. Yeah, we could see that in them. These people preaching on the, on the radio, like, we 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 we've seen them in our community walking around as drinking and you know their parties, but not, then here they are on the radio now. They're 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 preaching oh, the good news of Jesus. Life. Something has changed, yeah. and uh, and mm -hmm. and so they <laughs> they must have received something. Yeah, yeah you know they. Yeah. And, was, and they did. It was, yeah. it was Jesus Christ. What does that mean to accept Jesus into your life? Everything the Bible says about Jesus is true. Mm -hmm. And but maybe when I came to saving faith, I didn't know all there is to know about Jesus, mm -hmm. but I knew enough. I knew I knew I had to be born again, okay. born from above, born of the mm -hmm. Spirit. And I knew uh, I needed to invite Jesus into my heart. And the Bible does talk about that, about re we receive Jesus into our heart, Romans chapter 10. Rita asked Kevin, what does it mean to receive Jesus into your life? How about you? Have you accepted Jesus in your life? Do you see changes in your life that are pleasing to God? If not, you can trust in Jesus right now. Why wait? God has a very good plan for your life. The changes that he will make will please him and you. If you are tired of the life you're living, why not accept his plan today? If you need help, give us a call. We're waiting to hear from you. I question significance, meaning and relevance. Does the work I'm doing really matter at all? I've questioned my friendships, alliance, dependence. Who will still be here when I fall? But the one thing I don't question is you. You really love me like you say you do. Yes, the one thing I don't question is you. You love me like you say you do. Come on and hold me. 
Jesus hold me Only one thing doesn't change Only one thing stays the same All I know at the end of the day Is your love remains Only one thing doesn't change Only one thing stays the same All I know at the end of the day Is your love remains But the one thing I don't Question is you love me like you say you do Yes, the one thing I don't Question is you Jesus, Lord.